Thank you all for tuning in to the Josh Terry Podcast, brought to you by Raising Grace Studios. want to give a big shout-out to all of our sponsors, Knife A Month underscore shop on Instagram, Derm Dude, Par Hopper Golf Apparel, Grid Iron Coffee, Nobles Networking, Two Pilots Distillery. Uh, I know I'm going to forget somebody. I always forget somebody because I don't have my paper in front of me. We just moved the studio around today, so we're in our first new setup. I'm in the red velvet chair, so this is kind of weird to me right now. I'm usually sitting at my desk. I want to give a big thank you to our management and distribution company, Red Circle. Thank you for putting a little change in my pocket. Thank you to all of the artists that we had on our show the last week from Nashville. Uh, It was a great experience. Uh, I love you guys. We'll be back real, real soon. Uh, All of y'all know that every once in a while, I drop little videos on social media and I ask who y'all want to hear from, whose stories mean something to you, whose life on social media you've connected with, and actually mean something to you. This young lady right here got tagged in several videos of mine a couple months ago, and we're just now hooking up. And um, I'm having to watch her literally just hold a cute little baby in her arms and what looks to be a fucking pillow case wrapped around her. I'd like to introduce y'all to Miss Rachel. Uh, Miss Rachel, how you doing tonight, sweetie? I'm doing so good. How are you? Uh, I'm not doing bad at the present moment. Um, I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad we finally got to get together. A lot of people have asked about you about coming on the show. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to hear your story. Uh, the fact that you got tagged as many times as you did, it was, it was, it's always interesting. I have like a rule of thumb that I don't really look at a lot of people's social media that gets tagged in the stuff. Like I always, look and see how many times they've been tagged. And if they've been tagged a lot, then I usually pay attention to that because that means that they're interesting. That means that they've made a connection with people. And something about your story has. And I look just enough to see, okay, she's got something to her. And uh, I, I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to hear a lot about you. Well, I'm excited to share it. The well, messy cool. parts of life, I love sharing it. Hey, look, we call it trauma bonding, darling. Everybody's been through some shit, and it's the people that have been through shit that decide to make it to where I've already. I always say you've already uh, you've already been through it, and I'll make it work for you. You know, exactly. You've already lived it, and I'll make it work for you. Um, so tell everybody real quick, just in case they don't know who you are, where they can find you at on social media, so they can go look up your TikTok or your Instagram, whatever you share. Yeah, so on TikTok, I am under the battle she won. And Instagram is battle she won. Sweet. So, yeah. So when did you start on TikTok? And when did you start kind of uh, getting a little notoriety on there? Uh, two years ago is when I started. And it really kind of took off when I went to go adopt my niece. My sister was a drug addict. She couldn't take care of the baby. Um, so I went through that process and then the dad came back and wanted her. So I had this medically fragile child for three months and then I had to send her away. And that's kind of what got, that's kind of what got like people's attention, I guess you could say. So. So I don't, I don't know anything about that story. So kind of fill me in a little bit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
So I was still married to my ex-husband and we just felt strongly like he needed, you know, to take care of my niece. It was going to be our baby. Um, my sister, we went through the whole process, got signed all, all the things we needed for her. Didn't know much about the dad, just was told he didn't want to be involved, didn't know anything about him. Um, we knew she had a heart condition and things like that. And so my sister, who passed away last April from her drug overdose, I'm um, sorry, ma'am. She, yeah, she, she signed her rights of the little girl Brexley to us. And we brought her home. She, she was in the NICU for a couple weeks. You know, did all that, took care of her for three, three months. And then the dad came back and wanted to be a part of her life. So we had to make the tough decision, you know, that if he wants to be a part of her life, she's deserving of that and he's deserving of it. So we placed her back to the dad. But what well, was he clean and sober, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, he actually had a year under him clean and sober. So he was he was taking all the proper steps he needed to be good and solid for his daughter. That's great. And he's amazing. Yeah, he's an amazing dad. That's cool. So, so I'm guessing y'all still stay in contact and everything. Oh yeah. We're we're super close. He sends me pictures, we FaceTime, it's good. That's cool. Are y'all like are y'all like close in a uh, location? No, they're out in California, and I'm in Utah. Oh, you're in Utah. Yeah. Ah, okay. I don't know shit yeah. about Utah. Well, it's probably good. <laughs> There's not much to know. All I know is that's where a bunch of the Mormons are. Yeah, I grew up that way. <laughs> okay, so before I stick my foot in my mouth, I'm just going to shut the hell up then. I don't, I, I, I honestly, I know nothing about Mormons besides for a South Park episode. Right. That's the one that stands out to everybody. Yeah. That's how uneducated I am on it. It's okay. I'm not anymore. I'm I, spiritual, but past that point, I'm not religious. There's nothing, so. there's nothing wrong with that. There's, no. there's nothing wrong with that. So, um, after that, like, um, I, I guess what, Besides for that part of your social media journey and like just your journey in general, what else has attracted people to you so much? Uh, just being a mom. I think a lot of women who want to connect with their kids and have like strong bonds and relationships. I was a single mom with my first son. Uh, the dad walked out. So I've always had like a super close bond with my oldest and that shows in my videos. Um, We've been through a lot together and I've always been just very open and honest and transparent with him on an age appropriate level. But I think that's a huge thing is just moms wanting to connect with other moms. How old are you? 31. 31. How old's your oldest? If you don't mind me asking. He's going to be 13 in September. Okay. September the what? Fourth. Fourth? Yes. Okay, mine's the 10th, and Gracie's is the 26th. September's a good um, month. September's a good month. I thought you were yeah. younger. But no. what a, I, you've aged very well, too. Yeah, you've, you've aged very well, ma'am. Thank you. I've aged like shit. No, you haven't. How yeah. old are you? Can 30, I ask that? Guess first. 34. I'm 34. 
Yeah. I, I feel 40 most days at least. I feel that though. So. Uh, well, no, that's, um, I, you, well, honestly, you've had five kids. So as much as you've had to do taking care of five youngins, you ought to feel 60. Yeah, that's a lot of work, but it's good. I love it. I love being a mom. I'm glad you do. More kudos to you because I would have lost my fucking mind by now. I have, but that's what makes it fun, right? Uh, yeah, if you say so, because I almost like threw mine into a trash can today. Literally. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that I have to watch what I say around my kids. <laughs> go into the bathroom and throw out a few swear words and then we're good to go again. Oh, a few my ass. I throw out way more than a few. Um, so what's your, uh, so besides for you being like empowering single mothers, I'm guessing you're single now. Yes. Okay. What's your dating life now? Like with five kids. Um, it's really weird. Cause I just started going on dates and I've only been out with one guy, but I have to take my daughter along. No, this one. This one. Yeah. So how old is she? I'm not seven months. Okay. Yeah. So I'm obviously not trying to date just random people all over the place because I'm not trying to drag her around. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's been like I, I feel like I have to have a solid connection. I have to know someone very well before I even consider going on a date. Are you meeting guys off of TikTok? No, I learned my lesson this last time. Okay. That was the worst experience of my life. I was wondering. I could see the shit you get. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Don't do that. I do 10 out of 10. Do not recommend meeting someone that way. Yeah. I leave it the fuck alone. Yeah. It's it's a one in a million crapshoot that you meet somebody worth a shit off of TikTok. Oh, yeah. Anybody can put whatever mask on they want. So, See, that's why I portray to be almost like the biggest asshole ever and say what I want to because I want to scare you off. Like, I want you to think that I'm a complete asshole. That way you don't mess with me. I would I would rather it be that way. And somebody, if they're going to hang around and they're going to get to know me, hey, more kudos to you. Then you get to see the real side of me. There's too many fake people on social media. And us as, as single parents, we got to protect that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I learned through this process. You know, like I had to admit to myself as a mother, what I thought was going to be good and like happy and healthy turned out to be one of the most traumatizing t- things I've ever put my kids through. So what, what do you mean when you say that? Uh, just like I, I believe this man that I met who I thought was, you know, like I, I, I was losing my niece when I met him, I was in a vulnerable place, but he mirrored me so well. Like this was my twin flame. And I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted, prayed for. And it's right here. And right after I'm losing my niece, but then he obviously moves here and he's not who he says he is. He moved, he moved in with you or did he just move to Utah? No, he came here to live with me after we had been dating each other for, you know, online. 
And now that you look back and you're like, I'm a fucking idiot. (laughs) What is wrong with me? And why did that sound like a good idea? But at the time, it just felt good, you know? Okay, I got I got to play investigator here because I I, I got to know how long did y'all date before? Like, had y'all ever met in person before he moved in? Yes, he okay. came out here a few, a few times. Okay, how long did y'all actually like date then before you moved him in? Or known uh, each or known each other? Excuse me, before y'all actually moved in together. He moved here after it was like six months. Ooh, fuck no. Yeah, yeah. Don't do it. Like I said, I'll share my story all day just so people don't do what I've done. Well, I, I think, I think that's why you have to share your story. I don't think that it's. I'm a hopeless romantic. Like I've never been married. I'm 34. I've never been married, right? So, I know that I'm gonna fuck up and do it one day, and I want it so bad. But I also am one of these people. Like, I'm 34. If I ha- if it haven't if it hasn't happened yet, then there's no need to rush it at this point in my life. Like when it happens, it's gonna happen. Like just let it, you know, just let's let it be. I've I've said for the longest time that I'd rather be happy with the right person for one day of my life than miserable with the wrong person for 40 years of my life. Uh, that's that's like my mindset at this point. But I'm a very, very weird person when it comes to love and and all that kind of shit at this point. And like, I get why it's okay. So don't ever think like you're, you were stupid or like you were wrong for that stuff. When this feels right, you're supposed to let it happen, but you just got to learn from it. As long as you, as long as you learn from those things, I'm talking to one of my, one of my friends right now. She just went through a very hard 10, 10 months or whatever it is past year. And she got fooled. I mean, she got fucking trick tricked. And it's like, darling, you, you didn't get tricked. You like, you got 10 months or a year of learning experiences of what not to do the next time. It's mm-hmm. all, it's all in perspective. It's you just, now you know what to look for. You shouldn't give up on the shit or say, I'm never going to do it again or whatever. It's now you have a better understanding. You got a college education of what the fuck not to do. I know that's right. I know that's right. So we're, I mean, that, that's the thing is I'm not scared given how traumatic it was because I do feel like I've learned so much, not only just about what I do and don't want, but about myself. So. What do you think you learned about yourself through all of it? I feel like I learned that I have this need to feel like I got to save and understand everybody. And that's not my job. I've had to put the work into myself for the last 10 years to be a better person, to like calm my triggers and my traumas. And I've done that hard work on myself. And everybody as an individual, that is their job to do. It's not my job to think I got to take on this burden or accept it. Like if you're going to be in my life, you're going to work on yourself just like I've ha- I have. You're going to be productive and healthy in my life just like I've gotten myself to be. So I did learn that. I learned that that's, that's probably my biggest character flaw in the sense that if you do that, you don't hold to your boundaries. You make excuses for people and their behavior. Yeah. So. 
one thing that too many people try to do is they try to make sense of things that don't make sense. You can, mm-hmm. you can never make sense of stupid shit that just does not make sense. Us as human beings, we want to make, we want to just make things that are broken fit, like make them work. And mm-hmm. you, you can't, but the best thing about that shit is if we just are smart enough to let it go and let it be, you're going to end up getting something way better. You're going to, you're going to end up getting something that just surprises the shit out of you that comes out of left field that, that you just never saw coming. Well, it, it's great that you understand that now. Sometimes what the bad part is, you got to usually go through bullshit like you went through. You usually got to experience the trauma that you went through to have an understanding of that. Yeah, I, I would agree. At least you're positive about it. I, I don't like the people. I have, a, I have a very hard time with people that play the victim of their shit. I don't, I, I think that, you got two different people in this world. You got people that want to be the victim of their story and you got people that want to be the hero of their story. I like the people that are like, you know what? I'm not waiting on the white knight. I'm going to be the fucking white knight. Mm-hmm. And I love that shit. You seem like the white knight of your story. Yeah, I would, I would honestly agree. I've never, no matter what I've gone through in my life, I'm not a victim. I'm a victor. And I will wake up and fight another battle for myself. Like at the end of the day, that is my fight and I'm going to fight it and I'm going to come out on top. Knock me down 10 times. I'm going to stand up 11. That's just what it is. You so. can, you can tell that about some people. It's just kind of obvious about you. Like, it is. You got kind of like this Viking queen shit about you. Well, thank you. I'm usually a good judge of character. Uh, like I had a, when I, I just got back from Nashville doing some shows up there, and I had uh, I had Dimps on. I, I don't know if you know who Dimps is or not. Um, everybody fucking knows who that crazy bitch is. I love her. Uh, she she's one of my favorite shows now, and just one of my favorite people. But uh, she came and did a show with me while I was in Nashville, and uh, she's got it. She's got it like in fucking spades. And you seem like you got it too, though. I think you're a little bit harder to pull it out. I don't think you talk as much as we do. But I think once you warm up to it, if, if you wasn't holding a baby right now, I think you would I think you would talk a whole lot more. And I think you would show it a whole lot more. You you've got it. You can see it written on your fucking forehead. Well, thank you. We You're probably welcome. shouldn't stay at Viking though, because I went axe throwing yesterday okay. and I'm super athletic, but I only put one in the wall. So it's I got right. something, but it's not a Viking. <laughs> It's okay. I look like a Viking and I can't put those fucking axes in the wall. So I don't think, I don't think it's, I think you're fine. Okay. What? No, you're good. I don't think none of that. Yeah, you're fine. What, uh, what's some shit that like you have, have you had a lot of women reach out to you when you shared, like you, when you say you had a traumatic past too, like kind of share some of that stuff with you. I know you like before the show started, you kind of told me like you went through some domestic violence stuff and everything before. Like, if you don't mind, because that's one of the things we do a lot is a domestic violence awareness. Um, mm-hmm. We always try to push women to get away from those situations. Like, kind of tell me a little bit about that and how you got away from that situation. Yeah, so it was really weird, you know, like once he moved here. And he was great. He was great for a few months. 
when he would drink, that side would come out with the same the same guy from TikTok. Yes. Oh fuck that guy! I didn't realize this was the same guy. Yeah, he he actually just got back on TikTok, and people are not happy about it. (laughs) So, um, because he lied about everything, all his past, everything, and you know he gets here and things are good unless he's drinking, and then it could like very abusive nights when he would drink i could just look the wrong angle and he thought i was being disrespectful and i'd be through like furniture choked out you know slapped spit on hair pulled all of that um usually my kids weren't home especially in the beginning they'd be with my ex-husband so i would like you know this is what happened and then be like i won't drink and so if he wasn't drinking, it was okay. It was still walking on eggshells, but it was okay. And the love bombing was good, right? What's the, the love bombing? What's love bombing? Like the greatest high ever. They come in and they love you like physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They make you kind of forget about it. Okay. In the way that yeah. so they, they shower they shower you with affection to make up for all the oh, dumb yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay. And like all the promises of it won't happen again. This is why it happened, whatever. And me being an empath, I can sit there and empathize with him feeling bad that he's feeling that way because I know hurt people hurt people. And so he wouldn't drink. But the minute I got pregnant with his daughter, his mask completely fell off. It was game over. It just, you know, that's it's like he knew I was trapped at that point. So he didn't have to portray or be a certain way. He just knew that I was going to be stuck there with him. So the abuse was super intense. Like emotionally is the worst because I'm a person. I don't say things to hurt people. Did I do it a few times in that relationship? Absolutely. Because he's the type of person that will give it out constantly but he can't take it so other than that though it was a lot of physical like being strangled and choked out many times while I was pregnant with his daughter um you know chunks of hair going down the drain slapped across the face drug from room to room thrown into furniture and looking back at it now it makes me sick that you know, I could make excuses for this type of behavior, but I could, because like you said, it's the trauma bonding. They somehow make it feel like it's your fault because he could be screaming in my face. And I, I learned as a little girl how to dissociate myself from an uncomfortable situation. So I could be sitting there not looking them in the eyes and feel like I'm not even there right now, you know, and he viewed that as disrespect, like me not being able to look him in the eyes while he's screaming at me in my face. And it just intensified the abuse. So. First off, first off, there's not a fucking excuse for it. There's not. That's not a fucking man. I'll go and tell you, I don't give a. I've done a lot, a lot of these domestic violence shows, a lot of them. And I'm a person who deals with mental illness, right? I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety. I deal with a lot of veterans that deal with the same thing. 
a lot of people that deal with PTSD, everything. When you hear what some of these vets have been through and everything else, right? If they can keep their hands off of their spouse, whether it's a male or female who deals with those issues, there's not a fucking excuse. That's just a weak ass person. That is just a person who has an inferiority complex that whatever it is, they let their insecurities get the best of them. They want to like, they want to mirror it onto you. They want to make you feel how they feel inside. You have never done anything wrong. And the fact that all they want to do is they want you to feel the way that they feel. They want you to be just as ugly as they are. So don't you ever, ever try to, I hate, it's not your fault. You're trying to just reason it out in your head. I get that. That's what a lot of, a lot of people do. But that guy not only needs his ass whooped up and down, but there's, there's no excuse for it. There's never going to be an excuse for it in my mind. I grew up in a house where it was domestic violence, but it was on both sides. My mom is just as fucking crazy as my daddy is. Like, it's hard to be mad at one and not be mad at the other. So it's almost like they cancel each other out in my mind. It's like you both had your own substance abuse problems and, and all this shit. So, like, in my mind, I forgive and forget. But... In other cases, if you're sitting there and you're being a good woman and he's treating you that way, what should have happened, somebody should have came in there and should have treated him the way that he was treating you. That's the only way you solve situations like that. I mean, it's when I tell you it boils the fucking blood under my skin, it does something to me. And I don't know why. I, I can't tell you why. It does it to me, but I, I hope that when we're done with this, like you like post, send me his TikTok name because I will post that motherfucker 5,000 times and I will hope one of the vets or somebody that listens to this show just kicks the shit out of him. Women shouldn't have to deal with that. I mean, there's just, there's no excuse for it. And I hate that you ever had to deal with it. There was nothing that you ever did was wrong. You are a beautiful very sweet young lady you seem like in a very good mother and the fact that somebody ever made you feel that way or put you through that is just the biggest load of bullshit it should never fucking happen i didn't know i didn't know you went through all that i i really i really had no idea yeah yeah i'm just i mean i'm glad i'm glad i'm out i'm i'm healing we're healing. My kids are healing. He has charges against him right now. The state went after him. Um, How did you get kids, out? How did you get out of it? He left, actually, because I would question him. Like, he couldn't keep up the um, the mask, like, wanting to be better, do better, all that. You know, mm -hmm. it's hard. You got to be a provider for five kids, which he never was. You've got to show up mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. You can't do that when you're sick. Like, he left when our daughter was two months old, took the only car I had, no money, like, single mom for 10 years of my life, and left. And, and, and I'm now, like, that's a good thing, right? But in the moment, you're freaking out because you're like, wait, I keep loving you, and you 
Like, I'm trying to help you. Why can't you see that? Like, I'm here every day showing up for you and all these kids. And I put your food together and I let you sleep because you work graveyards, but I'm not sleeping. I'm going through the worst postpartum depression of my life. And a lot had to do with him. But, you know, he just couldn't handle the fact that he couldn't keep up with his empty promises. So, but it was my fault, obviously. Obviously, him walking out was because I don't take accountability. And I would just sit there and I'd be like, what, what do you want me to take accountability for? I would ask him directly and he could never tell me something. He'd just say, it doesn't matter. You wouldn't be able to tell me anyway, you know. And he left when she was two months old. And that's when in that moment, I knew I was going to do it by myself. I didn't care. I had his daughter and my four other kids I had to focus on. So we, I went out to seek therapy for my kids and for myself. And the minute I did that, they heard that the kids had witnessed certain things like him choking me or they could hear him throwing me into walls. The state went after him. So he's, I don't know. Just know, darling, you're a spiritual woman, whether you're a Christian, Muslim, whatever the fuck you are, spiritual karma is a bitch. And he will get what he fucking deserves. I can sit here and say how a cowboy is going to whoop his ass one day, but there ain't nobody to whoop your ass harder than karma. I agree. So you, you just, uh, I got a lot of respect for you. I got, I got a whole fucking lot of respect for you. A lot of, yeah, you're, you're way tougher. You're way tougher than what I realized. I know why you got tagged in my shit now. It it takes people a little while to warm up to me or like for like a conversation to start flowing. Yeah. I, I'm sorry you went through all that, but that guy, fuck that guy. I hope he's listening to this. I hope, and I hope he hears me saying, fuck that guy. Um, God damn. I get riled up. I get on the I get on a soapbox every once in a while. It's uh I just had I've just had so many women ever since we started doing this and we started doing shows like this and we started doing women empowerment stuff and just reminding women that like you know you've already been through the worst day of your life. Get out of the situation you're in. Like if you think if you're worried about paying the mortgage, if you're worried about paying the car note. If you worry about feeding your kids, you'll figure it the fuck out. You need to be there for your family. Like, get mm-hmm. out of the situation you're in. And even though he left, I really think that you would have soon. Like, I, I, I really, oh. I think you would have. I think that it's good that he fucking dipped out. But any man that just turns his back on his fucking youngin' too, there's a special place in fucking hell. I just, ugh. You're going to make me drink a whole lot more liquor than I planned on tonight. And I'm going to look this guy up and I'm going to have to put some money on somebody else's books as soon as he gets in jail just to beat the shit out of him. Oh, man. I'm a vindictive I mean, bastard. Oh, I've, the people have told me since I came out and, you know, I, I stopped trying to protect his image and I just started sharing my story because I'm like, there's nothing left of us. 
I'm here. I'm going to do what I have to do for me and my kids. I don't care about your image. I don't care about it. What kind so of I'm image? My- what kind of image did he have? Was he like somebody that was big on social media? Yeah, he had a he had a he almost had 300,000 followers. Really? And yeah, right. and he just finally came back on social media and it was to silence me. I know what he was doing. You can see my post and then his posts. People send them to me all the time and they're, they play off of and they try to make people question me and my character, you know, and <laughs> like, uh, oh, we can shut them to the fuck up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dickhead. I know, no. but, but it's not fair. A woman like you, I mean, you're taking care of your youngins. You got abused. That's what abusers do. They're narcissists. They're going to, they're obviously going to play that card. They're obviously going to be like, oh, you don't know what she did to rile me up or whatever. No, it doesn't matter what a fucking woman did to rile you up. You're a grown ass man. Walk out the fucking house and leave. You never put your hands on a woman. I don't care if me and you were dating. I don't care how mad you make me. I don't care what you've done. One, I'm never going to put your hand, my hands on you. Two, I'm never, ever going to fucking turn my back on you if we have a child together. Like that's, that's not the way it works. You're supposed to be a man and take, like, you're supposed to take care of your responsibilities, regardless of the person that you're having to take care of those responsibilities with. That's just looking for a fucking cop out. Anything outside of that is bullshit. There's no excuse otherwise. There's none. That's you not being a fucking man. Yeah. And, and that's that is like what it comes down to. I don't like throwing labels out. The word narcissist, but oh, he I is do. the <laughs> he's the epitome of one. Like he's all about that control and power. And to this day, he'll be like, you know, once my therapy's checked off and done, you'll you're digging your own grave. I'll I'll smear your name. I'll do this or. Uh, if you need something for our daughter, you need to come ask me for it. Like, no, I will never, I have never asked you for anything. And I never will because I mean, people say their obligations to me. She's a blessing to take care of. I'll find a way I'll figure it out. I'm not going to come to you and ask you for anything. You know, like I've been there since day one. Well, to, to play devil's advocate here, if he was to take all the steps to deal with his anger issues and everything else, and it was like supervised visitation or whatever to where he could have a relationship with his child outside of you. Like, and he was giving you child support and everything like that. You would almost like have to allow him to be a father, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. As long yeah, as he, and I'd, I'd, as long as he took the right steps. And I'd want nothing more than that for yeah. him to be healthy for her, but to do it as like a checklist because you got in trouble, you know, like not really wanting to put in the work. And I've seen it for myself. Like you're not, you're not taking the proper steps or cycling like you did when you met me. You're cycling to your next, your next victim, your next step and pretending that you didn't create this mess. So you don't have to clean it up. It's everybody else's problem. And he's done that for 10, 10 plus years. He's got two other kids, zero rights to them. So it, it's like this long pattern of behavior. Oof. So. Yeah, yeah, not making it. You're not helping, like, like I told you before the show, I try to do devil's advocate. You always got to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. 
if somebody tries to do something the right way, you allow them to do it the right way. Because I do, I do believe in growth. I, I've mm-hmm. made mis- I've made mistakes in the past. Uh, I believe everybody's made mistakes in the past. You learn from your mistakes, you grow from them. And if you can right some of the wrongs you've done, you you right them. And you know, you hope that the people that you love understand that you know I'm not the person now that I was ten years ago. But if you're still making the same mistakes that you were ten years ago, then you're still a dumbass. Like, you're not growing. But if you're still doing the same shit, no, nah, you, you keep doing what you're doing and you keep protecting your child. Yeah. This guy's going to find me. He's going to report everything I've ever done. And I'm just going to laugh at him. Yeah, he's wild. He's wild. I, I don't give a shit. I'm wilder. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Um, I didn't mean for us just to talk shit about this guy. Uh, it's supposed to be about you, but I don't know. I just don't like seeing somebody. You just seem like you're a good person. There are some people. We, we were having an argument the other day when we were in Nashville, and uh, there's there's a girl that I'm friends with, and it was very very awkward situation to where like she was saying that every time her I hope I'm saying this right. Her sister gets in a fight with her brother-in-law is because she started it. Like she starts the fight. Like she starts the physical altercation. And I was explaining it to her. I was like, look, that is rare. Like it's, it's rare that the woman is, is the one that like literally it's not all the time from the experiences that I've had with people on the show, the people we've talked to on social media, it does happen that the woman is the the person who goes after the man. It's usually the guy, for whatever, inferiority complex, drinks too much, whatever. Just a miserable fucking person. You, you don't see it very often. With women, women just are like, you know what? I can have another dude in 10 minutes. If you want to bitch too much, I'm, I'm dipping out. There's 100 guys in my inbox. No reason to be upset about you. And... uh with you, it just seems like you shouldn't you shouldn't have to deal with that shit. And I just don't know. It it rubs me weird. Some people it rubs me weird. Some people it doesn't. With you, it rubs me weird. I think that was the hardest thing for me to get over because with my ex-husband, I had worked so hard on myself, like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, that I was ready for something healthy, you know, and I was gonna give the next person I was with the best parts of me. And I literally gave this man the very best parts of me. Out of the hundreds of times he put his hands on me, I did twice on him. And it was after highly abusive weekends. And one was when he yelled at my sister, you can hurt me. Don't hurt my kids. Don't hurt the people I love. Do I feel bad about those moments? No, it felt good. I will say that much. Like, I, I feel like out of all those times and how I didn't really ever combat or come back with hurtful words, those type of things twice out of hundreds of times. So I, I, that's that whole reactive abuse that they can make you look crazy or want to play off of, you know, I'll never forget one night. That was the night my sister heard him screaming at me after I went to go apologize about something 
after a huge abusive weekend when I accepted his apology. And he's like, no, get your shit together. And I just started crying. My sister's like, let's go for a walk. He turned around and yelled at her. Oh, I've never lost myself so bad in my life. I just went AWOL on that man. Like, I know how to fight. I know I got a good punch. <laughs> he told me that as well. But, um, you know, I just lost my shit in that moment. And in that moment, I knew I couldn't do this anymore. And I made sure he knew that because that was not me. That was not my character. Like, it, it was it was insane to feel like I could physically leave myself and go to that place. But he turned around and smirked. It was the most evil smirk. Me and my sister got chills up and down our spine once he knew I flew off the handle. So When you, when you can make somebody that angry, it's, I don't know, it's, ugh. You said a, like hundreds of times, like y'all got into it? That he, whether it was just putting his hands on me in some type of way, dragging me from one room, pulling my hair, strangling me, like, I didn't realize, and this is important for a lot of women, and I want to touch on it. I made a video on it. If you're being choked out, that means that person has their hands in your life or your life in their hands. They can kill you at any moment. Like, I didn't realize why people made such a big deal about his charges, strangulation. But it, whether you die in that moment, you can have a stroke two weeks later you're 750 times more likely to be killed by that person with a gun. Oh, so yeah, it, it's serious stuff. And he could have killed her. I was pregnant. He was, you know, like when he would choke me out and I'd fall to the floor, he would continue screaming in my face, but I wasn't there. I was out. And, I, and he'd be like, get up, you know? So that's not something, if anything, I've learned through this process. Like, you absolutely cannot accept someone putting their hands around your throat. Absolutely. Because that is, life, not. that is life or death. So. Do you find yourself now, like, triggered or anything, like certain things, just kind of have you to where if anybody puts their hands on, like, your shoulder or, like, grabs you for – attention or anything like it kind of just causes you to shut down or have a reaction yes and I spoke on this actually one of my TikToks I had one night where my three-year-old came up from behind and wrapped her hands around the, my neck and pulled back and she wouldn't let go and I had a full-blown panic attack like I I didn't do it in front of her I you know I got her off and I walked away but I just like I broke down it was horrible. Mm. So that, and then my son, even he, this made me cry. I cried and I cried after he told me, mom, when I'm playing my NBA 2K game um, and I hear people get loud in the background, I have to turn the volume down because he would just scream and scream and yell. And the kids, you know, I'm sure they felt helpless because they could hear, but they couldn't do anything. So uh, that's the ugly parts where I would encourage women. You don't, you don't need to save that man. You need to save your kids. You need to save your kids from 
hearing and experiencing that. He's a grown man. He can take care of himself. Your kids can't. Yeah. I've heard, uh, I've heard too many war stories now to where women held on because they were trying to save the man and they didn't think about their children. And it, it's, it's sad. They don't, there's too many folks that don't think about the repercussions that their children are going to have. And it's, it's fucked up, dude. It, it is. Yeah. Well, well, and in those moments, in those moments, though, I felt like I was doing right by him, right? Because they loved this man. They, I, I got out of my relationship. They didn't want to see someone else leave. And so I'm trying to talk to him like Steven's working on himself. Like I never made him go to bed where we didn't have a conversation or they were left scared. But I, in those moments, it's hindsight. And you're thinking, I'm, I'm picking up the pieces. I'm letting them know that he's going to get help. And if he can't get help, we can't stay together because it's not good for you. And it's just this balancing and you're juggling everyone's emotions. Mine didn't matter. But my kids is did. And I don't want to say his name. <laughs> but this man's did. And I'm trying to understand and take on everything. But I forgot about myself. And if I would have remembered myself and my self-worth, my self-love, everything that I had grown to become. Like my my kids deserve that side of me. And I couldn't give it to them when I was being abused. Absolutely. So I, I'm glad that you have a realization of that. I, I'm glad that you you found that out in real time. Uh what you see a lot in these cases is the woman going back afterwards or wanting the man to come back afterwards because they a lot of women, tragically, they feel like they're all alone and that their their abuser has just made them to where nobody else is going to want them. I love the mm -hmm. fact I love the fact that you, you know, even though your dating life probably isn't what you want it to be right now, the right man will come along and you know you'll you'll forget about this asshole and and everything. But a lot of women go right back to their abuser just because they've made them feel like nobody else is ever going to want them. And the fact that you've stayed away, is a testament to you. It's a testament to women out there. It's very empowering because it, it's an everlasting effect, not just on your kids, but on you. Um, one of the things that we hear constantly is, you know, it, it destroys everything from just being able to have a conversation with a, another man to your sex life. To, to everything like you're not even able to hold hands or be intimate with somebody again just because you let someone take that little piece of you yeah well and see that's like that's where it's fun for me in the aspect of when I was going through this with this man I never stopped working on myself I had enough of like a seed planted my roots were still growing I was still working out all the time. I was still doing my self-help. I was still doing these things to build myself up. That he couldn't take that from me. He could not. That is one thing he could not take from me. You're weak. I, I know that. I'm strong. You don't get to take that from me. I'm showing up on every single level, every single day for myself and for my kids. That's something he could never take from me. And to this day, he can't. And he's probably kicking himself in the ass because guess what? I just came out of this, like you wanted to burn me to the ground and I just arose from the ashes and I'm fucking, I'm fucking fighting. And like, I got the flame. 
like continue to do you be well, miserable. You, well, I'm, I imagine you using that reference. You know what a phoenix is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what you sound like. You sound like a phoenix. I, so sometimes that's what's got to happen, though. Like you, some of the best changes in nature come from destruction. Like it, sometimes you almost have to be burnt to a crisp, or you have to like almost die. Like you, you have to. Like some of the best things in life, you have to, you, you have to find be put back down to your foundation and rebuild. That, that's really what you have to do to refine yourself. I don't, I don't think people learn their lesson or I don't think they find themselves or really find their meaning in life. If you just, with me, I'm hard headed. I don't know about you. So like, I have to learn every lesson in life the hard way. I, I, I really, really do. And it sucks. It fucking sucks most of the time. But when I do learn a lesson, I never unlearn it. Mm -hmm. I, when something's in my head, I never let it go. I made a, a video the other day and it was about cutting people off. And it is, it was funny at the time, but I had like two or three people message me afterwards and was like, is this why you don't text or talk to me anymore? Like, did I do something? And it's like, look, I am 34 years old. I know now what I didn't know 10 years ago. And it's, I have to provide my own happiness. I have mm -hmm. to make the people that I love and myself happy. You see, the year like you're adding to that happiness or you're taking away from it. You can say that that's being simplistic or not, but that's a fact. I have to make myself happy. And if you're not making me happy and you're making things complicated or you're just making stuff negative that doesn't need to be negative, then you don't need to be in my life. It used to be hard to cut people off. It's not hard for me to cut people off anymore. If you're not supposed to be in my life, then it's very easy to let you go as long as I let you go. If you're supposed to come back, the good Lord will bring your ass back. And he'll bring it back in a and the good Lord will bring you back in a way that I know the good Lord brings you back. It's not going to be in a way that it's a drunk text in the middle of the night and I'm vulnerable. Like, that's not how you're going to come back in my life. It's going to be, oh, I saw you at church. Or, oh, I saw you on the front page of a paper and you just won an award for helping out this charity. That's how the good Lord is going to let me know that your ass changed as much as I changed. Like, that is how you know that you grow together. And that's how you know that people are good for each other. Otherwise, just let that shit go. Yeah. You got to protect your peace. Absolutely. You and your energy. Those are the two main things. You can't let anybody so. steal your joy. We're too old, but you're not old. I'm not old either. But we can't let you. Life's too short to let anybody steal your joy. Life is too short to let anybody, even your kids, like this dude should not have been allowed a moment longer than what he did. You gave him a chance. When the chance was over, you cut his ass off, shouldn't be allowed back to steal another moment of the kid's joy, your joy, that baby that you're holding right there's joy. He had his chance. Fuck him. He can go fuck him. He can go steal somebody else's joy. That's how I look at it. 
I had to get over my hero complex because when he got back on TikTok, I was like, uh-uh, you're not going to go do this to another family. I can promise you that much. I will destroy you in every sense of the word. Like, I'm telling it, you, it can, you, you let me know and I will sick every one of these basic, beautiful white women that are on my show that's got millions of followers on his ass tomorrow. I, I will call them and tell them what a piece of shit this guy is. Next thing you know, banned, deleted. Fuck this guy. Hey, look, I'm telling you, I believe that what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to help women. I always say that I'm like the big brother. The reason why I have the reputation that I have with women is because I treat everybody how I want somebody to treat my daughter one day. My daughter is my best friend. I have a lot of women around me all the time. Everybody thinks I'm sleeping with them. I'm talking to them or whatever. I'm not. I literally am like the protective big ass brother to every one of them. Don't get me wrong. If some of them would have ever gave me the chance, I'd holler at them in two seconds. But until that door ever gets opened by them, I am just a friend. And I am completely fine with that because I really don't want to just meet my girlfriend or my wife off social media anyway. I kind of want that to be like a random ass occurrence that the good Lord put into play. But in my mind, it's my job to protect. Not that you couldn't protect yourself or any of these women couldn't protect themselves. Cause I think all y'all are badasses. but given the opportunity, if I can help protect you, then I should, because Gracie might be in a vulnerable position one day that she needs somebody like me to protect her. So that is why I do the shit I do, because I want there some mom, some dad to be listening to this right now and be like, hey, look, son, you better be watching out for some little girl someday. And if somebody's fucking with them, knock them the fuck out and be a better man than what they're being. And like that's, that's I know that's the truth, though. That's the truth. Yeah. My my fucking 13 year old is more of a man than the man I was with. This is a kid who who showed me exactly how I deserve to be loved. Like he, he loves so hard. He's protective. He's come to me and he's like, that's not a man, mom. Mm -mm. That's not a man. A man wouldn't hurt you. He's weak. He will say these things to me. And I have to remind him like, you're a kid, be a kid, but he's protective of his mom. And he, he, he just shows up on a different level where it's like, this kid has shown me like how I deserve to be loved and I will settle for nothing less. Cause your kid's so, smarter. Your kid's smarter and he's a fucking man. He is. And he, he told me he's last week. He's like, mom, can I just call him the P word once? And I was like, will it make you feel better? And he's like, yes. And I'll never say it again. And he's like, he's a pussy. And he was just so proud of me. <laughs> I know. He, he felt good. And then he kept he it moving. And it was like, yeah, it was like a release from him because he's, he's like, he just felt, he felt like I protect my mom. I'm more of a man. I do this. This wasn't. And you don't deserve my mom. You don't deserve us. So. Well, you're raising a, you're raising a fucking man. That's what's important. That's cool. He sounds like a great kid. Um, well, I'm sorry that you ever had to deal with that shit. And I'm glad that I got to meet you. And I'm glad I finally got you on the show. We'll definitely, we'll definitely have to do this again, Miss Rachel. Are you drinking Mountain Dew back with water? 
I like to water down my carbonation. Well, first off, don't drink fucking Mountain Dew. That is trash. I hate Mountain Dew. God. What do you like? I I like whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) No, I used to drink. I used to drink that shit all the time. I can't even. I can't drink anything with a lot of sugar now. I know I look like I drink a lot of sugars, but I don't drink anything with sugars. I can't stand it. It makes me sick now. Mountain Dew just tastes like syrup. God. But uh, anyway, um, if you ever need anything, you, your kids, whatever, uh, you just seem like I understand why people wanted you to do the show. Now, you are you're a badass and you're a great mom, it seems like, for the fact that you stand up for what uh, what is right and everything. And this guy here fucks with you. You let us know, and uh, he comes after you on social media or says anything to you about doing the show or any of the smart-ass things that I said or you said or whatever. And just reminding you're taking care of what you're supposed to while he's being a pussy, as your 13-year-old said. And uh, I just – I have a lot of respect for a woman that does what a man's supposed to. And I have no respect for a man who puts his hands on his woman. I put his hands on a woman, excuse me. So um, it was a pleasure meeting you, and I'm glad you took a little bit of time to do the show with me tonight. And uh, if you ever want to do it again, talk about some more stuff uh, or just bullshit and everything. Um, I know you got a baby that's sitting there. I don't want to keep you up too late. And uh, But I'm glad you took a little bit of time to, to do it with me. No, thank you for having me. Super therapeutic. So it was good. Thank you. Well, good. Uh, and we got to find you a husband out in Utah. We got to find you a boyfriend out in Utah. Somebody's not a piece of shit. I'm gonna husband. I'm gonna husband hunt for you. Okay, but it can't be Mormon either. So. Trust me. There's That's no the numbers down. That, trust me. There's no Mormons listening to me. If I had to bet, if I had to bet, I'm not somebody that Mormons listen to. <sighs> Okay, that's fair. Trust me. All I got to do, look, I've watched your videos, or some of them and anything. You're a very attractive woman. I And it looks like you, you, you're you a badass now. You're not only badass, but you, you know, pretty, pretty attractive too now. So all I got to do, I'll post, we'll post a video of you. We'll husband hunt for you. We'll find, oh, yeah. no more, no Mormons are, are uh, pussies. That's what we'll post it as. You can't be a Mormon or a pussy. What kind of men do you like? Just curious. Just curious before we get off here. So all the listeners can hear this. I like men who take care of their responsibilities, their kids. They're like motivated and their energy is good. That's important. So. Okay. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. Hey, look. All jokes aside, you keep doing what you're doing. There's a blessing that's going to come your way. I don't know what the hell it's going to look like, uh, but you're a damn good woman, and uh, I'm sorry you've been through the things you've been through, but just know it's always darkest right before you this dawn, and there's no way there's not something special in store for a woman like you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Anytime, darling. Thank you all for listening to the Josh Terry Podcast. I will catch you all next time.